Hey, it's Sports by the Book here from the South Point Studio. I'm Matt Nevert, along with Alex White, and got a special guest to join us. You're right here off the top as we approach Super Bowl 58. It's the man responsible for just about everything that we're doing here at the South Point Studios. And I want to welcome you guys in. I want to welcome in our guy, Chris Andrews. He's He's our guy here at the South Point. And I'm not that special. I'm here every day. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's just your opinion, Very Chris. Special. Well, you, made the, you made the exception this week. You're here every day this week. I'm pretty much, yeah. Because it is yeah. the busiest week of the year for Super Bowl 58 coming up this weekend. we got a two-point favorite in the San Francisco 49ers. Ho-hum the 20th time this season. Every single game they have been favored. Wanted to bring you on to start the show, Chris, and welcome in our viewers. Just with an update on the handle both sides. You said on the props you're taking some pretty even action when we were talking off-air. What about on the game itself, the spread, the total, and the money lines? How is the action looking from a balance standpoint? Well, I know Jimmy posted a one bet. The guy came in and bet us 150000 early in the week. Mm -hmm. So we moved the number. Uh, and since then, so he bet on the 49ers, laid one and a half, laid a dollar. 14, I want to say, on the money line. We've had some other money line played too. I wound up going to a quarter plus a dime. So we're using, or plus 15. We're using a dime line. And like Jimmy and I were just talking back there, I mean, Wednesday night in baseball season, aren't you using, you know, like, you know, Tampa Bay and Colorado? Aren't you using like a dime line there? Yeah. And uh, why can't you use a dime line on the Super Bowl, for God's sake? So we got a ton of money on both the, the, the money line and the point spread. Since we did move that number off the original bet, it's pretty much been all Kansas City. We're still not evened up yet, uh, but the action's been terrific. And uh, and we mentioned the one guy bet uh, the four. He's not the only one. There's a lot of yeah. other guys betting the Niners too. So there's a lot of money on both sides. But I think I'm happy with that. But I I still think the uh, I think the the props are going to outright the the game itself. That's wow. my opinion. But we're still you know. Who knows how many couple days away. So. I'm glad you brought up props. I'm really curious. Do you still bet on any props? <laughs> I told you. I, I can remember the last prop I bet. It wasn't that long ago. It's when Tampa Bay with uh, Tom Brady was was playing uh, Kansas City. Yeah. And I, I love Tampa Bay in the game. Mostly because, like a lot of other guys, I saw the offensive line troubles for uh for Kansas City. So rather than taking I mean I think I could have even taken three and a half or taken a good money line. I played Tom Brady to win the MVP. I think I took plus two fifty. Wow. Took a hell of a price. <laughs> and of course I won it. It was <laughs> which is always a nice memory. But if you remember, Gronk had a huge game. Yeah he did. And he had that one pass across the middle and I can't remember who it was, hit him in the ankle and he would, otherwise, it was nothing but green grass to the end zone. And I know if he caught that pass, I think he gets the MVP. Yeah. <laughs> so, would have so been the first man ever to win a Super Bowl. Anyway. Yeah, and I think they were they would have loved to give it to Gronk. You know, but I wound up winning that bet, and that's the last prop bet I made. I don't swear off him or anything. Like I said, I got 300 props on my board. I, I got enough sweat. If something jumped out at me, I'd probably play it, but nothing. I don't think so this year. Can't Are there blame any props me. this year in particular that you're going to be sweating out? Anyone that is lopsided action from the proposition standpoint? Well, there's probably a few, but I'm starting to get two-way action on almost all the props, which tells me that my opening lines weren't all that bad. Uh, I have one guy who, I mean, he comes in every year and bets me. And, I mean, he's bet me well over 200000 so far. Um but we do okay with – I mean, we beat him out of a little bit last year. He beat me out of a little more than that two years ago. So, uh, But I have a ton of respect for him. And to tell you the truth, I try to go in with the same sides that he has as much as I can. And I got a few guys like that that uh, I really monitor their play. And if I can go in with the same sides, then that's fine. But I'm getting good two-way action right now. So I'm not too strung out really on anything. Um, you know, but like I said, we still got a few days to go. That's a good position to be in, even though yeah. it is still early. Uh, we had Jay Cornegay on the show yesterday who runs the book over at the Westgate Superbook, yeah. and he echoed your sentiment that he thinks that because the game is not really near a key number, open to two and a half, but has now been anywhere from one and a half to two, basically market-wide uh, since the first couple of days that the line opened. He echoed your sentiment, though, that he thinks that the props are going to outright the game itself. And would that be a first for you, having more action on props than on Ooh. the game itself? 
It's got to be close. I think last year was really close. And I know Jay's a good friend of yours. He's a good friend of mine, too. That dirty rat, all that extra murk. Is, <laughs> he's created a lot of this monster that we're looking at. But I still, and I really do. I love Jay. And I, I don't know if I said it on this show, but a lot of times after a bad Sunday, I see that first text Monday morning. It's Jay. Did you guys get murdered, too? Yeah, we did, Jay. <laughs> so we're in the same boat. But I do have to tease Jay about one thing. And I am dead serious about yeah. this. My wife and I, we moved to town in 2016. She opened an account, 200 bucks. And she asked me where to open it. I said, well, open it at the Westgate. They'll give you the best bang for a buck. So I love Jay. Does a great job over there. She has never put more money in that account. Wow. Never. Six years. And I always kid him. I said, yeah, you're the sharpest bookman. You can't beat my wife. <laughs> it, it is bad, true. Right? Yeah. No, she's, she's gotten close a couple times, you know. That's but, what it's all about. But, I mean, she, and, I mean it's like ten dollar bets yeah and she doesn't ask me she goes and bets Very good. me and Vinny will sit there on sunday morning who's pam like today <laughs> right now. No, but it's true but jay's a good friend and a, i think really one of the best bookmakers in town and we're i think um i, I kind of kid him about this monster that he's created yeah. but i think i think the monster that he's created has been actually pretty good very good. We're enjoying it, that's for sure. He also said that recreational bettors tend to bet the overs and then the sharps mm -hmm. with the unders. Do you think that's how your two-way action with the props is? N not yet. Okay. It's still mostly sharp action. Okay. And I think right now, you know, we did move the number enough. I don't want to open myself to a lot of middles. You know, I mean, they, they do happen, and that's just part of bookmaking. But I think some, there's some arbitrage guys out there. But the, the guy who bet me originally, and like I said, I highly respect his his moves on he wasn't arbitraging anything he was betting you know so you know we'll see how he does and uh you know i don't know if i'm going to be rooting for him in half of these probably am going to be rooting for him in about half of those props that's the beauty of being a bookmaker during super bowl week you don't have to make your mind up for who you're going to root for you just see where the money goes and you know your, your rooting interest is decided yeah uh, one, one thing that we've been talking about and that you've been mentioning here over these last two weeks is that so much of the action comes in late when the recreational betters come to town, when mm -hmm. the fans of the teams themselves and people who are here just to party, when they come to town, that's when the real money comes in. At this point right now, if you had to take a guess, put a number on it, what percent of the total action on the game have you taken right now as we sit Tuesday, what, five days before the game itself? 25%. Wow. Something like that. Incredible. Yeah. yeah and, and we always say Friday. It really kind of starts Thursday. Mm -hmm. You know, about Thursday. Because a lot of people... You know, take off Friday, especially people coming in from out of town. They, yeah, what the hell? They're going to come in Friday or the Thursday night instead of Friday night. So it really starts picking up Thursday. And uh, I, you know, this is this is two attractive teams. And I go back two years ago when we did set the record. Now we did have an LA team in there, so mm -hmm. that meant a lot. But LA and the Bengals, not really two super attractive teams. These two yeah. teams, they're. I mean, you know, listen, the Niners have been there the last couple of years, probably. Probably would have made the Super Bowl last year if Purdy doesn't get hurt. Yeah. And, of course, Mahomes, he's, uh, you know, this is what his fourth Super Bowl, third? I know he's won two. Uh, third. Won, but this third. is his fourth, rather. This is his he, fourth. He's okay. two and one yes. Super Bowl yeah. so far, yeah. Um, anyway, should be fun. Last week when we talked, the South Point still had rooms available yeah. for the weekend. Do they still? Yeah. Check today, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, how many seating areas for the big day on Sunday? I'm excited. <laughs> I'm going to stick around. I'm going to oh, yeah. hang right out here. here and watch the yeah. game and about check 4, out the show. Okay. Yeah, wow. about 4,000. The big party is up in the exhibit hall. That Listen, they're all great parties. <laughs> Just you know, That 2,500 there, 1,000 in the other room, about three or 400 in another room. All around the casino, you know, the sports book will be full, Grandview will be full, the the showroom. I personally I think the showroom, which seats about three hundred, that's the best place to watch the game. But you know, teach like own. get get the best view. You got a great view, great TV, good food specials, but there's cocktail waitresses. In one. That's where we won't have betting at the show. Okay. We won't have betting there. But what's it, a hundred yards right. to the sports yeah. book? You know, or get the app. That's right. Get the app. Don't get the app on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. I I try to all our people try to be as nice as I can as they can. They might be a little testy that morning, you know, putting in app uh, applications. Yeah. yeah. So, so come in, try to do it before Sunday morning, please. Do us all a favor. You heard it here first. If you're in town, come on down to the South Point. Get your South Point app. You can bet all the games, all 19 plus pages of the props in this packet as well will be available on the app. And, Chris, we'll let you get back to work. But wanted to bring you on just to update some of the numbers and sure. kind of the betting trends as we get closer to the game. And, okay. uh, yeah, busy week for you. You're just getting started. 
Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I got a good night's sleep last night, though. That That's was all really that matters, important. Right? Yeah. Well, well, there we okay, go. Well, thanks, get guys. Back behind the counter. Thank He's you, Chris, Chris Andrews, the director of the sportsbook, right behind us here at the South Point. Great start to the show uh, as we approach Super Bowl 58. Uh, at 3.30 or in about 20 minutes, we'll bring on sports media personality Arash Markazi. You may remember him from his work with the LA Times, ESPN, now running his own show at the Sporting Tribune, covering sports in America's Southwest. We'll talk college basketball coming up in a few minutes. We've got some NBA and NHL plays as well. But, Alex, we've been talking props all week. We're going to continue here today and talk about some of our favorites. Yesterday, we highlighted some that were just more interesting to us and maybe some that could be bet through some trends. But today... You're getting the hard plays, the hard numbers that we've crunched, and some of our favorite props. And uh, right off the bat, we'll start with one that you like. You heard Chris talk about Chris, or you heard Chris talk about Brock Purdy and what the 49ers season could have been last year without the injury. But you think that Brock Purdy, in a big time situation, is going to have a big time game through the air? I love it. So we kind of categorized trying to get a passing prop reception, maybe a rushing in there anytime touchdown. So starting with the passing yeah. prop, I'm definitely looking at Brock Purdy in this one over 242 and a half yards. He's gone over this in seven of the last 10 games. His median on the year is 254 yards per game. And I mean, 254 in his last four games. His median on the year is 261. Wow. A lot of people think that they are going to be playing from behind. I'm not necessarily in that camp, but I do think he will use his arm and will get over this 242 and a half. Yeah, that one, number 3269 on the prop sheet here at the South Point. Purdy over. One area that I saw when I was doing research on some other props is that Purdy actually performs more than surprisingly well when pressured. When, when teams drop back in coverage and have four uh, rushers, that's when he has really struggled. I don't know what kind of a defensive game plan this KC team is going to employ here. I would think it is one with pressure. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about a sacks prop later because you're looking at that as well. But I, I think that Purdy has performed very well under pressure. So he's kind of a, a almost, they call it in baseball, a reverse split, kind of a, the exact opposite of what you would think. But Purdy... When getting the ball out of his hands quick, I think that's when he's at his best. I completely agree, and you brought it up numerous times on this show. We've seen them now in two games. They can come from behind, and that has a lot to do with Brock Purdy under center. If they do fall behind late, they will need his arm to uh, mount a big-time comeback, which would be the third week in a row, which is just about as many times as Kyle Shanahan has done in the entirety of the rest of his career. Uh, so, yeah, you like Purdy over 242.5, and, and for the passing prop that I like, Take a look at number 3297 if you've got your prop sheet in front of you. I like Patrick Mahomes to throw a touchdown pass in the first quarter. And I highlighted it when I was on with Frank Nicotero earlier on Punchlines as a guest and kind of said it throughout the week. I think this game is going to be fast early, slow late. I think that both teams come out with a fervor on the offensive side of the ball and really try to get it going. And the number that I gave out yesterday is a main reason why I like this one. The Chiefs have scored on the opening drive in eight straight Playoff games. It's the longest streak in the NFL since 1991. Uh, it's been, you know, a long time since that's been tracked. No one's done it better than the Chiefs as far as scoring on their opening drive of playoff games. Plus, Andy Reid with extra time to game plan. I think that both teams come out with a really, really solid game script, especially in those first 15 to 20 plays. You can get that prop, by the way, at plus 180. And I like Mahomes to throw multiple touchdown passes in the game. I think he gets it going early, and I'd like him to throw a touchdown pass in the first quarter. Take a look at the first drive, and that'll be yeah. a theme kind of throughout some of these props. I think that the Chiefs have a really, really good start and are able to find ways to attack this 49ers defense. But then, as they so often do, San Francisco is going to find ways to adjust late. So those uh, two of the, the passing props that we like. And you had a certain player on one of these two teams that you're looking at in the receiving prop market. I am. So... Shop around. If you can find receptions, I think I like that more. I did see uh, Noah Gray over one and a half receptions. I think I like that more, but I don't mind this at all. And that is over 11 and a half receiving yards for Noah Gray. That is 34.75 here at South Point. Median on the year is 16 and a half. Only eight yards against the Ravens, but if you watch that game, they didn't really need to get creative in the second half. They were playing a very easy run game there with the lead. Um, 26 yards against the Bills and 20 against the Dolphins. And Andy Reid has used two or more tight ends in 45% of his snaps in the last two games. So Noah Gray, they're going to get him involved. I mean, I love Tra Travis Kelsey in the... First half, I've talked about that a lot as well, but I really think that this is a good spot to grab Noah Gray as well. Interesting, yeah. Some low numbers, just trying to take advantage yeah. of 
you know, maybe his first two catches are for like 20 yards and you're, you're in on both of these pretty early on. That's right. That's kind of what you're hoping for. And like, like I've kind of highlighted, I think that the Chiefs throw a ton at the beginning of the game. I was going to say, I like your uh, passing prop that kind of goes with my narrative as well. Yeah. And one that I like as well is a, a guy, another low number. Uh, I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire under five and a half receiving yards. Now, he really has not been featured whatsoever no. in the playoffs as a whole. I mean, just pulling up his, his game log here in, his, in the three playoff games, seven carries for 21 yards, two carries for 31 yards, one for one. In the receiving game, it's even more paltry. One catch on one target for five yards, one catch on one target for a loss of a yard, Two catches, two targets, three yards. So they are not targeting him down the field whatsoever. And the other big note that I wrote down was that, you know, aside from those seven yards on four catches total between three playoff games, you look at his numbers from the regular season, he had 188 regular season receiving yards. But you got to take into context, 135 of those were in a three-game stretch from wow. weeks 15 to 17. So they got him really involved in the passing game for a finite period of time. And then he's got, let me do the math, 14 yards in four games since then. Wow. So I really like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think if they're going to throw the ball, it's going to be down the field. And uh, they're going to lean on Pacheco in the run game a lot, especially in the second half. So I don't think that they target Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, or as me and my brothers call him, Ke. <laughs> I will say, I love that. I'm going to highlight that. I will probably tell you on that. You really want to look for unders that you like as well. Mm -hmm. And early in this week, of course, we're looking for overs. It's the best time to grab them. And everybody who's watching, I mean, they want overs. And they want to root for, for points and action in this game. But you do have to be careful. I mean, last year was a dream, right? That game flew over, yep. and I think all the over props hit just about because those two were going back and forth. But it doesn't always happen in the Super Bowl, so just be aware if you find a good under that you like, and I think you found a great one there, Matt. And we talked about the running back situation for Kansas City. They're a little bit deeper, obviously, than this San Francisco team that features Christian McCaffrey yeah. and just about nobody else in the backfield. As we move on to our rushing props, I brought up Isaiah Pacheco, and you like his over in terms of rushing yards in this game. I do. I went over 65 and a half rushing yards. That's 33.45 here at South Point. His median on the year is 66, so that probably doesn't give you much hope. But the Chiefs, they had a turning point after that game on Christmas against the Raiders. We all saw it. Their offense has completely flipped the switch. Since then, his median is 93 yards per game. I expect them to lean on him and him to have um, some big plays here to get over that 65 and a half. And then you and I both like different Christian McCaffrey okay. props. You like his longest rush over, correct? I do. His median on the year is 22, and in the last four games, it's 32. I think they are really going to try and get Christian McCaffrey the ball. I mean, it's the biggest game of the year. What are you going to do? Give the best player on your team the ball. I like that. I like that thinking, and it's kind of the reason why I look at uh, first rushing attempt over three and a half yards. Again, just from a game planning perspective, you, you're going to get the best player the ball in the situation where he's going to be the most successful. And like I said earlier with the Chiefs, I think the same goes for the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. They've got two weeks to script this game out. I think that they're going to find a way to get McCaffrey the ball in space, set the tone early. Even a four-yard rush gets you over this one. So I, I really, really like Christian McCaffrey first attempt over three and a half yards. Uh, it's toggling between minus 110 and minus 120, but I like it at, at either row. That's not too big of a, of a straddle when you're, when you're talking about uh, a prop like this. So yeah, McCaffrey over. You like his longest rush over 17 and a half. And when it comes to touchdown props, we're on two players from two different teams, but yours has a little bit of a caveat to it. Mine does, and I, I talked about it yesterday, but I'm going to double down here. I really like Travis Kelsey first half touchdown. I just think it's you're getting the most bang for your buck. It's plus 210 here. Two of the three playoff games he scored in the first half. Three of his five regular season touchdowns were in the first half. And it's just funny because they're always the big game, the standalone games. When I went through the season and it was the Sunday night game or the one 30 game where there was only two other ones so he loves this he lives for the moment i think they're going to get him involved early as well so i like travis kelsey first half touchdown and of course taylor swift's going to be there he and always taylor performs swift. better when when she's in the house i, I like that the, the first half especially at plus 210 similar with my chief's first drive handicap yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever to see travis kelsey get a red zone target on that first drive and score the opening touchdown of this game that'd be an interesting number to look at let me look when we go to a break later 
what Travis Kelsey first Chiefs touchdown num- number would be. Uh, yeah. uh, but the one that I like is Brandon Ayuk anytime touchdown plus 140. A little bit lower of a number because it is the full game prop, but he is finding ways to get more involved in this offense. And we talked about it yesterday that he has gotten more and more red zone targets as the season has gone along. And I really think that they target Brandon Ayuk early and often. A lot of the pressure defensively from the Chiefs' perspective is going to be on a now healthy Debo Samuel, a fully healthy Christian McCaffrey, and I think Ayuk, and maybe even George Kittle. I think those two guys are the ones to take a look at for me in the anytime touchdown uh, market. You can get Kittle at plus 170. I like Ayuk as more of a quote-unquote sure thing gets more targets and more situations, and especially lately in the red zone. I think that's what I'm most excited about in this game, to see what Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan come up with. I think they're going to get very creative and try and get as many players as they can involved. So I like that a lot. We had Matt Hamilton on our show, and he gave out Ayuk before um, the Lions game, actually, Mm -hmm. and said in the six games that he scored a touchdown, the Niners won. He scored again against Leiter. It was a lucky yeah, touchdown for that one. But that one. he scored and they won again. So if that works out again, uh, might be a Niners victory here. You actually have the page up with I first do. touchdown. What is Travis Kelsey's first touchdown on the top right there? Plus 275. Plus 275. So I, I don't hate that as a uh, as a just a you know shot in the dark bet on who's going to score that first touchdown because the one that I like, the, the one general prop that I really like in the game, and I've highlighted it throughout the week, 3183. What will the Chiefs do first? Score or punt? Again, that number the Chiefs have scored in their opening drive in their last eight playoff games in a row, longest streak in the NFL since 1991. Despite the five punts in the second half last week, I think that's yeah. a trend that continues early on and especially even money. I, I like the Chiefs to score before they punt. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tail a lot of these props that we've gone through the last two days. Right. You've, yes, you found some really good ones. I can't believe that streak. It's ab- absolutely amazing, but it makes sense. And to go back to your Travis Kelsey, last year in the Super Bowl, the Eagles did score first, but the Chiefs went down, answered that, and Travis Kelsey was the first to score for the Chiefs. There you go. So maybe back-to-back years, he's one of the handful of guys that can do it. Right. Um, your generic prop is interesting as well, and it also follows a streak that's taken place over recent years. The team that scores last wins the game. You like it to happen again. I do. So early last week when these came out, I thought it was about 150. It is up to minus 220 wow. here, and it might even... They'll update us there, 31.05. It might have even moved a little bit more. But that's because this has a 13-0 and streak going in the last 13 Super Bowls. Incredible. The team that scored last won the game. So, oh, we're at minus 180. Okay. Ooh, so. so some action back the other way. Okay. I like it. We like that. I think that tells you that folks are thinking, you know, sharps and public alike, that this game's going to be late scoring back and forth action. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, you got to... Think about that most public bettors are in here just trying to make fun bets. This will be fun if this happens, right? They aren't really diving in necessarily. I mean, some do. i got to give people credit. But they don't know that there's a 13-0 streak here. Yeah. And it just kind of makes sense. Okay, if um, if they're coming back and forth, they could win this and get that plus money. But I like the favorite in this one. And our last of the five categories that we took a look at in props was generic, at least how we had it written down. But it, it may as well have been unders because... We had, yes. we had a lot of unders that we like, so we have a category just for the unders. Yours are more on the defensive side of the ball. Yes. Exce- well, okay, so yeah, that is my favorite one. And I th- saw total sacks combined four and a half. Mm-hmm. I like that under, especially both of these quarterbacks have proved that they can scramble. We know Mahomes, obviously. His median on the year is one sack. Purdy is two. Here at the South Point, they have them split up. I, I mean, I think that's actually better value because mm-hmm. it's two and a half. So if you want to make a bet on both of those, 32-44 Chiefs going under that two and a half is minus 120. And what shocked me is the Niners, 32-42, under two and a half. That one's actually favored a lot more than the Chiefs side. I thought that was, right? That is weird, yeah. It's interesting. And one of the, the my, my two unders that I like the best are ones that I kind of gave out yesterday and we've been talking about the Chiefs in the second half in the fourth quarter going under. They've been the best in NFL history since that's been tracked dating all the way back 20 years to 2005. I like both second half under 24 and fourth quarter under 13 and a yeah. half. We were talking to Chris Andrews before the show. That latter one, the fourth quarter under, has actually moved from 14 down to 13 and a half. I still like it. Again, the Chiefs 17 yeah. and 2 to the under in the second half this year and 18 and 1 to the fourth quarter under. That is as good as it gets if you're looking at betting trends. And uh, with the Super Bowl, it's all about trends. And with us this week, it is all about props. So I definitely wanted to highlight some of our favorites. and. We got about five minutes before we break before Arash Markazi joins us, and 
Wanted to highlight a couple of our favorite college basketball games because one that Alex and I are both on starts here in about six minutes, and it's in the SEC. It is Ole Miss at number 15, South Carolina. All of a sudden, the Gamecocks, one of the hottest teams in the country, winners of five of their last six, eight out of the last ten, they're length three and a half. I actually got a better number on this one early, early this morning. I got this Gamecocks at three. You and I are both on South Carolina, though, in this game. We are, and you have a lot of numbers here for us, which, I mean, I really, South Carolina, they're 11 and 1 straight up at home and 8 and 4 against the spread. So I was really looking at that. Then I kind of looked to see if they already played, since we're into conference play here. They haven't played yet this year. They did play last year, and South Carolina has revenge because Ole Miss knocked them out of the SEC tournament last year. So I love that factor as well. So them being at home and that revenge, I laid the three and a half here. I'd still be okay with the four. Yeah, Gamecocks hot, playing at home. I think Michi Johnson has a really big game. And the other handicap for me in this one was that Ole Miss is coming off of a home loss against Auburn where the Tigers outscored the Rebels, get this, 56-33 to in the second half. That was a game that Ole Miss led at the half, and the wheels completely fell off. I'll take the deeper and the hotter team in the South Carolina Gamecocks. And uh, one other game we definitely want to mention before we break is another one that starts at 3.30. Rutgers at Maryland. Maryland laying eight, total at 125 and a half. You think this one's a defensive battle? I do, and you know, I didn't really notice until diving into the numbers today, both these teams on Ken Palm. So we have Rutgers that's third best adjusted defense efficiency in the country, and then Maryland is the sixth best. Wow. So I really do expect a defensive battle between these two. Rutgers are 15 and six to the under this year, six and three on the road, and Maryland 15 and seven to the under, four and one, to the under in their last five. We'll have other college basketball plays coming up, including at least two, right, that you and I are both on. So if you want a squad ride with Alex and I, we'll have a couple more college basketball plays for you tonight in a loaded slate across the country. We'll take, step aside here, take a two-minute break. When we return, our man Arash Markazi joins us from Radio Row, about six miles that away from Allegiant Stadium. We're talking Super Bowl and more. Don't go anywhere. Back in 120 seconds on Sports by the Book. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas' top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 12.30, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 12.30 a.m. in the Grandview Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grandview Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie. Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted Best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza. We're back on Sports by the Book. She's Alex White. I'm Matt Neverett. Big thanks to Chris Andrews for joining us at the top of the show. And now, without further ado, it is sports media personality, writer, yeah, Twitter poster, just about anything you can think of in sports media, this guy has done it. <laughs> it is Arash Markazi joining us from Radio Row at Allegiant Stadium. Arash, thanks for joining us. What is the feel at Super Bowl week right at Allegiant Stadium today? 
It's been great so far. I mean, you know, yesterday with uh, Super Bowl uh, opening night, it was great. I mean, it's not normally done at the uh, football stadium where the Super Bowl will take place. Normally done at an arena or a baseball stadium. So it was nice to go check out the Legion Stadium. Uh, the uh, the actual field that will be used during the Super Bowl is uh, getting a nice drench outside of the rain. So it's fantastic. Yeah, the rain couldn't have been timed more perfect for the uh, the, the the sod father and, and his company kind of running things there. So you've covered a, a number of Super Bowls. We were trying to figure out before we took the air how many. You've covered, we'll say, a, a dozen, 10 to 12 Super Bowls. How does this one compare, yeah. at least so far in your experience, with the lead-up, whether it's from the media side, from the fans' perspective? Has Vegas done anything differently than a lot of the other Super Bowls at this point? Well, it's fantastic because Las Vegas is a city that I think most people want to go to if there's not a Super Bowl. And as you both know, when uh, when you are looking at going to the Super Bowl, if you can't get a ticket to the game, the next best place and sometimes probably the best place to be is in Las Vegas. So now the actual Super Bowl game will be coming to Vegas. And I do think you'll see a lot of people. Again, there's a lot of talk shows that come out here and they come here for the week and then they go back home Friday or Saturday or first thing Sunday. I guess a lot of people are going to want to hang around, maybe go hang out with you guys at the South Point and really enjoy Vegas Super Bowl week. What's your favorite part about Media Day, Radio Row, and everything leading up to the Super Bowl? You know what? It's really catching up with a lot of people. I mean, you know, I mean, this is one of those things where you might watch someone's talk show or be on their uh, podcast or something, and, and it's really great to, to see a lot of old friends and stuff like that. But also... The amazing events surrounding the Super Bowl, you know, when you talk about either, you know, your Shaq's party or the Maxim party or all these big events, it is fun. And it is one of those things where I always look forward to coming to the Super Bowl. But the Super Bowl in Vegas, as you guys have done, that is next level. It's incredible. And one thing on, on Twitter that you posted at follow Adarash Markazi on Twitter was that the NFL basically came out and said that Allegiant Stadium is going to be added to the rotation of Super Bowl stadiums, which includes SoFi in L.A., Miami, New Orleans, and Tampa. Now Vegas kind of routing out that starting five of Super Bowl stadiums. Was this a, is it a surprise to you for the NFL to come out and say that before the Super Bowl was ever even actually played at Allegiant Stadium, or they've just loved the lead-up to it that much? No, they really do love the footprint. They love the fact that it's at Mandalay Bay, Allegiant uh, Stadium connected, the Luxors, the Media Hotel, the Excalibur. I mean, you go down the list. I mean, they are all here in, uh, you know, in close proximity. So this is sort of in line with New Orleans, if you guys have ever gone to there for a, a, a big event. What makes it so great is you fly in. You take your uh, like Uber, Lyft, or taxi, and that's it. You don't have to drive anymore, and that's the same with Las Vegas. Once you check in to the media hotel, you walk to Radio Row, you walk to the stadium, you walk to grab a, a bite to eat or a drink, but uh, it is very convenient, and the league loves that. Very good. We're glad it's convenient for you, and I have to bring this up because there was a lot of backlash on the media being um, placed at Luxor, but you did tweet that it wasn't that bad. Is that right? It's not bad at all. In fact, I'm I'm staying here for a couple of nights. I'm not a convenience. Listen, I think the Luxor takes a lot of unintended strays for no reason. And I'm not <laughs> saying it's uh, the win or anything like that. But listen, for what you're paying for a night, it's it's a fine facility. I have stayed at a lot worse uh, places. But again, no one should care. We are the media. I'm here on Radio Row. I'm talking to you guys. This is the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. I'm just happy to be a part of it. Arash Markazi joining us here on Sports by the Book. Uh, media personality and starting the, the Sporting Tribune, which we'll get to in a minute. But I wanted to take a step back. Describe for us, if you will, Arash, when people hear Radio Row, if you're not a media member, you really don't know what that is. So if you could enlighten us a little bit for the uninformed. What is Radio Row? And for you as a writer, sports personality, radio talk show host, what does an average day look like in the lead up to the Super Bowl? You know what? I mean, it's really 24-7, but if you want to say, like, when's it, you know, really packed, you would say maybe, like, 6 a.m. to maybe 6 p.m., and it's really like every talk station, uh, you know, 160-plus are here. You know, you go down the list of, like, ESPN, Fox Sports, and you go down, uh, you know, like, all those TV personalities, talk show personalities are here. And then when, when we begin to ramp things up, well, beginning a little bit Wednesday, but more so Thursday, Friday, it's really like a who's who, and they're all walking around with the publicist, and they all have something to pitch. So it's like, do you want to talk to Tony Romo? Okay, well, you got five minutes, but you also got to plug this 
pizza company and you're like uh, sure whatever it's it is it is uh, chaos, but it's fantastic. I really do love it. I enjoy it. I grew up watching it on TV, so it's surreal uh, to kind of have my own table and booth here where we've gotten to talk to so many people so far. I saw a clip from Boomer Esiason's show this morning where it just kind of describes the nature of Radio Row and how the media is kind of just paraded around throughout the week. They thought that they were getting Randy Moss Hall of Fame wideout as a guest and then some horse racing talk on the side. They were getting Randy Moss horse racing announcer who wanted to talk some NFL on the side. <laughs> and they found that out on the air live. And, you know, it's, it's, I can only imagine being the horse racing Randy Moss coming in after seeing how disappointed they were that, that, that you were you and not, and not Randy Moss. I thought that was so funny and kind of uh, describes what it is because it is organized chaos at the end of the day. I mean, the number of people that you get pitched is pretty amazing from Carrot Top. Carrot Top was in front of me and then you kind of have to figure out a way you know how can i uh shoehorn in a sports topic to a uh, carrot top or something like that but it's fun i mean it, it's it is i mean the, the reason that the super bowl is the super bowl right is that you don't have to be a sports fan i think it, it'll be the most watched uh, television broadcast in human history so i think everyone's just uh, wanting to figure out you know who's your pick for the game or who's your favorite team but it is so much fun I'm putting you on the spot, but who's your favorite guest that you've had on, on Radio Row throughout the years? You know what? I mean, it's so much fun when you get to talk to someone that you grew up a fan of. So I, I, I was a big fan of Barry Sanders uh, growing up. And uh, so I got to talk to Barry Sanders. He was doing a Super Bowl commercial a couple of years ago. So again, you know, uh, 10 minutes. But uh, when you get a chance to talk to Barry Sanders, I mean, that is a thrill. And Arash, wanted to get your thoughts on the game itself. You know, we, we've talked about all the festivities surrounding it, but in your opinion, who do you like? The 49ers laying two points with a total of 48. What are your thoughts on the game itself? I like the Chiefs. I like the over. And I, I just, um, you know, I'm still amazed by the point spread. I'm, I'm happy the point spread was what it was when I got to Vegas and the 49ers were favored by two and a half. I, I just like the Chiefs. And again, a close game. Much like it was last year, late field goal to win it. Uh, but I just like San Francisco. I'm sorry, I like Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love the Chiefs, but I can't, I can't believe that the 49ers are still favored. And I think it's a lot of just even action, kind of on both sides. We've heard yeah. Chris Andrews talking, and then that's only going to get more throughout the week. I think a lot of the late money is going to come in on the Chiefs and the over. Arash, one last question before we let you go. Nothing to do with football. You were posting on your social media about some of the World Cup games coming to SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Wanted to get your thoughts on that because the U.S. has not hosted a World Cup game at all in a while. And then the other day when they switched the World Cup final site from Jerry World in Arlington to MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, uh, you, you want to talk about a non-walkable event. Just your thoughts on the World Cup coming in 2026 and what kind of an impact it's going to have on soccer in the U.S.? I'm very pumped for it. I mean, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I, I kind of love where we're at right now in terms of being at the epicenter of the sports world with Los Angeles and Las Vegas. So Los Angeles will be hosting a lot of big games, not the final. They did not configure the field to be soccer friendly. Again, they're not even getting a semifinal uh, game, but uh, you're 100% right. I'm glad you said New Jersey because they're going to say the final is in New York. Well, not quite. You have to get on a bus or a, you know, a, a train to get out to New Jersey for the game. Um, I totally understand. I was a kid back in 94 when the Rose Bowl hosted a ton of big World Cup games. So I'm just happy that the world sport soccer will be played. Uh, the World Cup is coming here. Still bummed, by the way, that Las Vegas is not in that rotation. I get that they wanted to either host the semifinal or something like that. But it is an amazing soccer venue. I, I've seen a few games out there and what an amazing crowd. And, of course, the World Cup final going to be played on the much maligned turf, I should say, or grass, I should say, the, the non-turf at, at MetLife Stadium, let alone the storyline with the 49ers practice facility this week, which whoever's idea it was to put a grass field on top of a turf field with nothing in the middle, <laughs> that uh, leaves a lot to be desired. But that is a story for another day. He's Arash Markazi. Arash, thanks so much for joining us. I've been looking forward to having you for a while and was glad that we were able to connect. The founder CEO of Sporting Tribune, how can people find you? What can they look for? TheSportingTribune.com. Again, we cover Southern California, Las Vegas, uh, Hawaii. And again, love the uh, South Point. Got that uh, San Diego, Southern California vibe with a Del Mar, uh, you know, the Deli where you can get yeah. a great sandwich. I'll, I'll, I'll be uh, stopping by to see you guys at some point. Uh, but thanks so much for having me on. It's a thrill. 
Absolutely. There he goes. Arash Markazi of the Sporting Tribune joining us for his debut here on the South Point Studios. And uh, yeah, I love love Arash's content. Was glad to kind of get his thoughts on the stuff around the Super Bowl. We've been talking so much about the numbers and the betting but it is a spectacle, and it happens to be in our backyard, and nobody better to tell us about that than Rush. I'm excited. I'm going to go to Radio Row probably Thursday, Friday. I'll have to look for him, and hopefully he's still there throughout the week. But, yeah, it was a perfect setup because you're right. A lot of people who haven't been have no idea what we're really talking about when we say Radio Row. So he did a great job breaking it down. I thought that was interesting. You'll likely see that clip later on our, on our social media. I think it's important to kind of tell people what the experience is like from our side of the of the counter because they don't they don't hear us talking about it enough right right exactly but yeah wanted to get Arash's thoughts on the game and yeah the the World Cup final as well it, it much maligned MetLife Stadium uh, they're gonna have some some debacles about the grass in that one but that is for 2026 so not for a while but wanted to continue our college basketball talk because there is an absolutely loaded slate tonight and a lot of games featuring ranked teams we've already talked about. Uh, one of them with Ole Miss and South Carolina. We're both on the Gamecocks. You'll see our picks uh, later on in the show and at the end especially. Another one that starts at 4 o'clock. You can watch this one on, on ESPN. 6.33, 6.34 in the betting rotation. It's Clemson heading north to Chapel Hill to take on number 3 North Carolina. Tar Heels laying 6.5. That's a number that I like as a home favorite. UNC has been phenomenal, especially when they get really rolling in ACC play in years recently. They've been really good, and they've been really good at covering numbers. I went ahead and just took them on the money line just to be safe. They are coming off a big game against Duke that they did win. But, man, we really missed an opportunity last week, Matt. We were talking about them against uh, Georgia Tech, and we both stayed away from them that day, which is surprising because we both do usually back the Tar Heels. But yeah. it was a good decision, and it was clearly a look-ahead game for them going into their game against Duke. So just once again reiterating – College basketball, look for those spots. Yeah, part of the handicap for me on this one was recency because these two teams played each other in early January. North Carolina, 10-point winners. Armando Bacot had a big game, 14 points, 16 rebounds. I think that's a trend that continues tonight. And that game was in Clemson, this game right. in Chapel Hill. I, I, it's a huge home court advantage for them, and they won by 10. I really like the 6.5. R.J. Davis also, the number, uh, I think, 11 score in the country, is averaging over 21 points per game. But in his last two games, Alex, he has been hot, hot, hot. 26, or sorry, 36 and 28 points in his last two games. Both Tar Heels wins, both Tar Heels covers. And the trend I told you about pre-show, I didn't tell you the trend itself. Yeah. UNC, since 2012, when coming off of a regular season win against Duke. Okay. And they're greater than two-point favorites in the next game. 17-0 straight up and against the spread. Wow. So they take momentum from beating Duke and ride it into their next game way, way, way more often than not. I mean, 17 times in the last 13 years, that's certainly a trend that you can bet. And this is a great team. I mean, you got to take into consideration each team is different year by year, but this North Carolina team is finally getting the respect they deserve. They're sitting at three on the rankings and well-deserved. I mean, they have playing outstanding basketball. And this is a better Clemson team than we've seen in years past, but they are struggling in the ACC, they're four and six in their last ten all ACC games, whereas North Carolina ten and one in the ACC. That Georgia Tech game, their only loss in conference play. So I'm on the Tar Heels laying the six and a half. Alex is on the Tar Heels money line at a bigger number. That game starts at four at ESPN. Uh, another one that we were both taking a look at that starts at five. Number twenty one BYU in Norman taking on Oklahoma. The Sooners uh, actually laying two and a half in a total of one fifty. BYU always brings elevated totals. I was surprised to see this Oklahoma team that's kind of going the wrong direction laying two points against BYU. I, I think the home court has something to do with that. I was going to say, I think that is just it right there, that home court advantage here. I didn't play this one. I was looking at BYU, though. Um, I thought this game could have even been a pick. So getting two points, I think that is, that's the deal there. They are the better team. I mean, they're ninth overall on Ken Palm, ninth adjusted offense and 24th adjusted defense efficiency so i i do like the cougars and byu in their first year in the big 12 trying to take advantage of a soft middle portion of their schedule it's their sixth straight game against non-ranked opponents which in the big 12 which has six teams ranked right now and nine teams projected to get into the ncaa tournament the fact that byu has played six in a row that are unranked that's huge that's remarkable in that conference the other note that i had in this one byu's got seven players averaging nine or more points per game they are one of the most balanced teams and one of the top defensive teams in all of college basketball. Uh, and the other one, 
for Oklahoma. They've lost three of their last four, so they're going to try and slow down this BYU team that leads the country in three-pointers made a game. They're making over 12 three-pointers a game, but that's the style that they play in Provo. So I like BYU. I took Moneyline at plus 110 as a a two-point dog. And another Big 12 dog that I like is Iowa State, number 14 Iowa State, taking on Texas in Austin, 641-642 on the betting rotation. The Longhorns laying 2.5, total of 139.5. I like Iowa State in this one. I definitely grabbed the two points. Debated about the money line, but you have something to say about that. I'm interested to hear. But, I mean, it's really just all about this Iowa State defense. They are so good. They're fifth in adjusted defense efficiency on Ken Palm, and they keep proving it night in after night out. They've already had a big win on the road. They almost did in their last game, so I think they'll keep this close here. And the, the thing that I like about Iowa State getting two points, and the reason, typically, if I see a line of two and a half or three and I like the dog, yeah. I'll just lay money line. You're going to get plus value on it. Anywhere up to like plus 120, 130. This one, I took the two points with Iowa State because their last game against Baylor, they were down two at the second and a half. Right. They thought that they had banked in a game-winning three-pointer. However, on the review, the tip of the ball, the raised edge of the ball was on the raised edge of the finger. And uh, the shot was waved off, and they lost by two. So I think it's going to be another pretty close game. But I like Iowa State to take down Texas. Kishan Gilbert, who we know from his time at UNLV, having a phenomenal year under former UNLV head coach TJ Otzelberger. Yeah. Uh, Gilbert, one of the best defensive, bigger point guards in the country. He's a six-four point guard, and he plays defense like his hair's on fire. We saw that uh, plenty here. Uh, this is the only matchup between these two teams on the year. And the home team won each matchup last year. So I like Iowa State to buck that trend. Kishan Gilbert, from a scoring perspective, though, he's scored 15 or more points in four straight games. He had 24 in that game against Baylor. So if Kishan Gilbert can score, I like Iowa State to win that game. Uh, and we're, we're, we're both on the dog in this one. So you took the points a little on the money line. Took the points a little on the money line. I did, just for full disclosure, for fun. I took BYU money line, Iowa State money line, okay. parlayed them together. I got just over 3-1. to one. I think it was like 312. Uh, plus 312. So if you're looking for a parlay, always tough to lay road dogs. These are two road dogs that I like, and they happen to be back-to-back in the rotation numbers. So just for fun, I, I threw some some pizza money on that. I mean, just to give you a shout-out, you did hit one of those last week where you tied up to um, underdog money and, line uh, like that. I, I had a lot of dogs last week, and conventional wisdom, you see my little smile there, tells you <laughs> to not tease college basketball, and I rarely, rarely, if ever, do. I don't know what came over me This was on Saturday, three leg, six point, or rather five point college basketball teaser that hit by, I think, a combined four points. Oh my God. So I had to sweat out Brown. I had to sweat out Wyoming. Who was the third? I forget who the third one was, but yeah, three leg bunny line or three leg teaser with all dogs that hit. I'll take what I can get. Not doing that today, but I I like the money line parlay if you wanted just an extra, you know, three to one value on on a couple of road dogs in the Big 12. Uh, you've got a couple of totals that you like. One of them in a ranked matchup, 643-644 on the rotation number. Number 25, New Mexico, who barely, barely stayed in the AP Top 25 after falling in their last game, takes on... uh, Where am I looking here? It takes on Wyoming in Laramie at at 530. Total on this one, only 155. That's a a high total, but for this Lobos team, that is low. Only 155. That's right. I do like this over. Both of these teams have been playing much faster. They did play already this year, and that was a a very low final score, 77 to 60, but it was also a slower pace than these two play. Both teams are four and one to the over in their last five. And New Mexico, I mean, really, it's all about their offense. They're 38 adjusted offense efficiency. And then on the flip side, Wyoming, they don't have very um, strong defense. 223rd adjusted defense on Ken Palm. So I'll go ahead and take this over here in the Mountain West. I like that as well. Definite lean for me. That game starts at 530, so we've got some time uh, to look at that and and handicap it. You also like two other road teams in the Mountain West. You like Nevada catching five and a half at number 22 Utah State and number 24 San Diego State laying nine and a half at Air Force. So I do like SDSU. 11 is a really big number, but it is Air Force, and I know how you feel about the Falcons as well. But I think I money-lined them with my North Carolina play. So I kind of did a money-line favorites. Getting um, getting close to even money. Parlay. Yes, getting close to even money, exactly. So that one, just to be safe, they are on the road, but I do think that SDSU is the right side in that one. And Nevada, five and a half points. I just think that is way too much. I know this Utah State 
is pretty good and slightly better than the Wolfpack. But Nevada's got revenge from last year. Utah State won 75-66, so I think they'll be ready to play in this one. And Utah State's one of those teams where, as their big man, great Osabor goes, so do they. If Nevada's able to lock him down with a lot of the size and depth at that position that they do, uh, I really like that. And then you were actually more on, I remember we were talking pre-show, you were more on the under in San Diego State Air Force. That game uh, at 133.5 as of right now, I like that under as well. San Diego State, one of the best defensive teams, not only on the West Coast, but in the country. And this Air Force team that really, really struggles. They also run the 2-3 zone defense perpetually right. for the entirety of the game, for the entirety of the year. And a team like San Diego State that is well-coached and as, as deep at the guard position as it gets in the country, especially Jaden Ledee, the way to beat the zone defense is to shoot your way past it. And I think San Diego State's going to do enough. I like the under, though. I do like the under, too. I th I made it about 125, so I think you're getting some value there. It's at 133.5, usually looking for about five-point difference yeah. there. So you're right. I do agree with you on that play as well. That's what we'll take a look at. I don't know if you have a play on this one. I do. Uh, I'm on Ohio State. The Buckeyes laying five and a half at home against Indiana in a Big Ten matchup. Uh, 609, 6-10 on the betting rotation. Uh, Ohio State 65th in Ken Palm. I, Indiana 99th, but they're 254th in terms of defensive efficiency. This Hoosiers team has no interest in playing defense. Um, the other note in this one is that if Ohio State gets up or is up in the second half, they're 302nd in the country in pace out of 362 okay. teams. So if they get up, they're going to slow this one to a snail's pace, and I, I think that they're going to be able to maintain a lead. This one may come down to a late free throw, but I'm going to lay it with the Buckeyes. Also take a look at the over on this one, 141.5 is the total. Iowa, or Ohio State, I should say, has allowed 79 or more points in their last four games. They're also coming in desperate. The Buckeyes have lost four in a row. They're 3-8 and eight Big Ten play, so they're looking to turn their season around in a major way in front of a home crowd in Columbus. I like Ohio State minus five and a half. Do you have any thoughts one way or another on this game that starts right when we get off the air here in about 10 minutes? I mean, Indiana hasn't been uh, too great, right? Just one and four straight up, two and three ATS in their last five. And on the road, they're three and six this year and three, five and one against the spread. So I thought the number was right. I do think these two are um, pretty evenly matched, but I would go with the home team here. I just think six is a lot. Any other hoops games you got you got action on or are taking a look at on the uh, the college realm or is that a pretty good summation of what you're uh, what you're taking a look at for this evening? I think that is I think you um, summed it up very good. I mean, I would say Houston coming off a loss to Kansas, I think they are going to um, have their way here with Oklahoma State and yeah, the Cowboys. Lane, but twenty one points. I was I was looking to the under there, but. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to expect from it's Houston. Tough. I was Houston. thinking if we had a Oklahoma State team total, I could go under that, but not a, not not with a spread that big. Yeah. Did you watch any of that game, Houston Kansas, last weekend? Um, I don't remember. So it was in it was in Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> absolutely ran them out of the gym in the first half. Had a big time lead going into the second half, and then all of a sudden Houston came creeping back. At one point, it was a ten point game. And uh, it, Bill Self called a timeout up, I think, 10 with like two minutes left. I don't think I've ever seen him more mad at, at a team than he was at his own in that situation. So Houston kind of found a way late in that game. For them, it was just too little too late. But right. it's kind of a, an interesting conundrum you've got with, with Kelvin Sampson's team. It's the top defensive team in the country, bar none. It's just a matter of where the offense comes from. And where the offense comes from at a 21-point spread, <laughs> the, the total's at 128. So you are thinking that Houston absolutely railroads Oklahoma State tonight and limits them to like 45 points if you like them to cover that number. I would even think about just laying the 21 or rather taking the 21 with Oklahoma State just because of how big that number is and how defense-centric this Houston team is. Yeah, I mean, that does make I'm sense. I'm not advising a play, but that's <laughs> just at least my, my thinking on that, right? Yeah, I mean, really stay away for me either way because I think we kind of just broke it down that the numbers are just about right on the site and the total. Yeah, big slate. Definitely take a look at your local listings and uh, take a look at some of the numbers. We'll, we'll flash our place here at the end of the show. Uh, any NBA notes for today from you? Because it, the one note that I've got, and it's yeah, really interesting, especially for general public bettors who love hitting favorites, the NBA over the last two days has had 15 games all across the association. The favorites, 15-0 and 0 straight up, 12-3 and 3 against the spread. That is a crazy run for faves. That is. That's Incredible. Do you have any favorites that you are leaning to tonight? 
based off of those numbers. One favorite that I am leaning to is one of the only two road favorites in, what is that, eight games. And it's the Dallas Mavericks playing in a back-to-back against the Brooklyn Nets, who are also on a back-to-back. The Mavs defeated the 76ers uh, without Joel Embiid. He's expected to miss a couple of weeks with a knee procedure. 118-102 to 102 is the final there. The Nets got crushed by the Warriors. Final score doesn't show how lopsided this game was. 109-98 to 98 was the final there. And I like the Mavericks to come in with something to prove. And Luka still with the MVP chance. Really going to have a big game. Kyrie scored 29 last night. I think tonight's Luka's time to okay. shine. Not a huge play for me, but Mavericks minus three and a half in a game that starts in about a half an hour. I, I like Dallas here. I like it. And you know what? With NBA, if you can get some in-game and mm-hmm. they go down at any point, you can get even money with the Mavs just to win outright. So that might be something I'm looking at. But Dallas, I mean, you're right. Even on the road, they've been very good. 14-9 and nine against the spread this year. So... The biggest favorite of the night, certainly not a play that I'll have in the uh, on, on the card, but the Knicks. How about a 15-point favorite against the Grizzlies? Uh, if, if you've got two working arms, two working legs, and a somewhat operational mind, you have a chance to suit up for the Memphis Grizzlies. They have been the most hurt team that I can remember in the NBA. I think the number was 13 different players on their injury report for their most recent game. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, Derrick Rose, John Morant. Steven Adams, it's like their entire starting lineup has been gone two or three times over. Uh, I don't think I've seen a more injured team than the Memphis Grizzlies. Just bad luck for them this year. Yes, terrible luck. And now they have lost five straight. So I don't know if we can take that those points, even though it is a lot of points in the NBA. And congratulations to Ryan Archie Diacono, who broke an NBA record in his most recent game. It's not the record you want. Would you believe that the former uh, uh, Final Four MVP for Villanova 15 straight games without recording a point. No. He has played in 15 games in a row and not scored. He's just out there getting cardio in. No, I did not know that. So that's, yeah, Ryan D- Archie Diacono. Congratulations. He had a storied college career. Uh, has not been quite the same uh, since moving to the association. We'll finish up on some hockey. Alex has one play that she really likes tonight and one that Lou Finacaro predicted. What was that, last week? Yes. Yeah, the, we'll, we'll get to that one in a minute, but the play that you really like is... Uh, on game number 15-16 in the betting rotation, Flyers at Panthers in Sunrise, Florida, just outside Miami. So you did such a good job getting all your information, and I meant to look back because I remember last year after the All-Star game, really these teams like buckling down, playing tougher, more meaningful games, and their defense really um, coming to life here at the end of the season. So I need to go back and double-check that, but you know I love my unders in hockey. So tonight we are going with the Flyers-Panthers under six. Flyers are 15-9 and nine to the under on the road this year. Um, Urson, I, I hope that's right. Eight and four to the under. He'll be in net for Philadelphia. The Panthers are 30 and 18 to the under. And then we've got Bobrovsky. He is 23 and 13 to the under this season. Now, he was at the All Star game and in the challenges, but, you know, I think that just keeps goalies fresh. So, yeah, honestly, I think, I think this is a good play here under six. I've got an NHL play today. Love it. I don't, I don't often. I'm a, I'm a Penguins guy. They've been tough to bet on this year just because they're so. Old, I guess, and, un- and unpredictable. It's it's They're pretty uh, good. They are they are solid, but you know, with age comes beauty. At least in on the on the ice, like fine wine. Or so they say. Um, but my play is in the Carolinas tonight. I like the Hurricanes against the Canucks, welcoming the Canucks into PNC Arena, about ten minutes from where my mom lives. Um, the Canes fifteen two and two at home this year, and coming off of that decently long break, they had a day off before the All Star break even. So their their break was a day longer than everybody else. I I like the Canes to continue that home success tonight. Yeah, and you know, the Canucks did have a lot of players that were actually there for All-Star Weekend. It's weird. There was a lot of teams that were kind of left out. Um, Vancouver was not one of them. So we even saw yesterday, it seemed like a little bit of a trend, Colorado going down. Who else was it? Well, it was Colorado and the Rangers, so that's a little different. But um, yeah, I think this will be a great game to watch. The Vancouver's for real, and the Hurricanes have been for the last couple years. Yeah, some interesting hockey action going on tonight, and as we cl- get closer to the Super Bowl, stay tuned to South Point Studios for more shorts, live shows, and then, of course, Race Day Las Vegas, punchlines, and here on Sports by the Book. It's going to be fluid the rest of the week. I'll be in studio in some capacity helping out tomorrow. Uh, Jeff Parles looks like he's going to be over at Allegiant Stadium on Radio Row getting some interviews, so we'll be kind of interspersing his work with uh, our live commentary throughout the show. Uh, that's tomorrow here on, on Sports by the Book, and we've got a loaded week 
here at South Point Studios leading all the way up to Super Bowl 58. You want to stay tuned to our social medias as well for what we will be covering. I know I'll be here uh, helping out in the lead up to the game, and, and you'll be here as well. It's going to be a really, really fun lead up to the game. And then, of course, we get to watch it at some of the best watch parties That's in right. Las Vegas. Chris has me excited about some of these watch parties here at South Point. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. And as much as you love this week and we get to talk about football all week and uh, one really good matchup, you're just you're ready for Sunday. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And <laughs> then come fast enough. meaningless void until uh, next uh, July, That's August, right. whenever, whenever the preseason starts. There is a video on social media. I have to ask you if you saw this, but a guy really broke down for women what what their guys will be doing it. the next few months. And I mean, that calendar looked pretty good. I'm not going to lie. It got me a little excited. We got NBA and NHL playoffs coming up and then we got golf and we got the Kentucky Derby. So, I mean, no football, but we still got a lot of things. A lot of work went into that. I, I, I give that guy props <laughs> both on the calendar and his beard that he was rocking. That dude, he, he put in some work. And the the shirt changes. Yeah, that, that was good. well choreographed. Yes, it also, was. Also, I don't know if you saw, there was an article on Yahoo Sports about our man Jimmy Vaccaro. I did see that. Definitely yes. check it well out. Chris done. Andrews uh, posted it on his Twitter, uh, an article just about the history of Jimmy Vaccaro. He's one of the most unique individuals I've ever met, whether it's in the sports betting industry or otherwise. And uh, definitely go check that out. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe here on uh, South Point Studios as well. We're trying to get those subscribers up. And uh, one more time before we uh, get out of here, I want to flash our college basketball plays for the day, starting with Alex's. You'll find a lot of similarities here. Alex is on South Carolina. You're on the under in Rutgers, Maryland. We're both on Iowa State. We both laid the two. New Mexico, Wyoming under. And then the Flyers, Panthers under six. Very good. And then um, the Knights play tonight. That's what we were going to mention yes. about Lou. But we got to get to your plays as well. Yeah, my plays tonight. I'm also on South Carolina. I'm also on Iowa State. I also laid the points with the UNC Tar Heels. BYU Moneyline, Iowa State minus five and a half against Indiana. And just for fun, BYU Moneyline and Iowa State Moneylines parlayed together at just over three to one. And yeah, on the way out, tell us about the Lou Finacaro Edmonton Vegas hockey prediction. Well, I guess we are taking the Knights tonight because he was looking at that last week. He was thinking the Knights would be a small favorite. This was eight days ago he it, predicted this. It was. Well, the the Knights are the underdog, so you can get plus money. So I think it's a good play. Maybe uh, sprinkle a little on VGK tonight to break the streak of Edmonton. Thanks to at Gamblu for that one. She's Alex White. I'm Matt Neverett. Caden, Ann, and Andrew behind the glass. Thanks for all your work, not only on Sports by the Book, but on all of our programming here at South Point Studios. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Check us out tomorrow back here on Sports by the Book at 3 o'clock on the West Coast. Until then, thank you for joining.